0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: The Two-Footed Podcast is brought to you by eplindex.com and our presenting sponsor Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geo-blocked from while keeping your data safe. So, as an example, if you are a UK expat and want access to BBC iPlayer to watch match of the day, or ITV Hub, or all four, but you get that message that says this content is not available in your location, a Liberty Shield VPN gets you around that block, allows you to watch whatever you want on those services, while also keeping your data safe. And it goes further than that. It allows you to open up Netflix's entire library by just changing your IP address. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot with five-star ratings across the board. So go to libertyshield.com right now, use the code EPL25, and get either the hardware package or the software package. The hardware package is a router that you plug into your existing router, and any item you want to change the IP address on, be it your phone or your television, you connect that. To the new Liberty Shield router. All other items can remain connected to your existing router. There's also a software package which is instantly downloadable to your device and you can get using straight away. Again, libertyshield.com EPL25 for 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland but shipping worldwide check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk and do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 for 10% off at checkout. And lastly, do remember to check out a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. That podcast is on this feed before every Premier League match week. And then the EPL Roundtable hosted by Kevin DeVries on its own EPL Roundtable feed. So just search EPL Roundtable in your podcast device. And that's out after every match week. Now, on with the show. What's good, boys and girls? Two-footed podcast. Today is Friday, the twenty-sixth of May. Hope you're all well. Unless you're Frank Lampard, then I hope you're having a rotten day. Manchester United four, Chelsea one in the Premier League last night. A very, very strange game of football. Uh, Chelsea could and probably should have been three-one up by half time. 3 2, considering United scored late in the first half. But they missed three huge chances in that first half. Casemiro put United one up on six minutes. Mudrick missed a sitter. Gallagher missed a sitter. Havertz missed a sitter. And then Anthony Martial scored on the stroke of half time to make it 2 0 to United. Bruno Fernandes won a penalty and then converted said penalty. To make it three, he had already hit the joint of crossbar and post earlier in the game. Marcus Rashford put the icing on the cake on 78. Some calamitous defending from Chelsea last night. Uh, Wesley Fofana had himself a bit of a nightmare performance. Uh, he gave away the penalty to Bruno. He was also at fault for the Rashford goal. You felt a little bit sorry for him, but there were some bright spots for Chelsea. Chuck Wemica played quite well. Enzo Fernandez played quite well. Lewis Hall looked really good at left back. And Noni Medecki scored, uh, didn't score, but played very well. Uh, Xiao Felix pulled one back in the 89th minute to put a modicum of respectability on the scoreline. But United 4-1 winners. United will be in the Champions League next season. That is confirmed. They are now third, will likely finish third. You'd assume they'll win their last game at home to Fulham. And Newcastle have a trip to Chelsea, which they don't really care about now at this point. Um, Chelsea are 12th. They are one point behind Crystal Palace. They play Newcastle in their final game. uh, Palace will play Forest at home. Forest are safe. I would imagine they were, have been celebrating for most of the past week. So, you, you know, you might get a bit of a messy Forest team turning up. Uh, so the hope now is that Chelsea finish below, below Palace. And indeed, if they were to lose this game and Wolves could somehow beat Arsenal, Wolves could finish above them. If they were to lose this game and West Ham were to go and beat Leicester, West Ham could also finish above them. So the ceiling for Chelsea's season could be 14th. In all likelihood, I think they'll end up 12th. But it's an abomination of a year. And I just thought we'd highlight Frank Lampard's ineptitude. Because, you know, why wouldn't you? Uh, This season, in the Premier League, Frank has overseen 28 games. Four wins, seven draws, 17 defeats. That's 19 points from 28 games over the course of a 38 game season. That would be 26 points, which would have you nailed to the bottom of the table, Uh, including the cups that he's overseeing this year. It's 33 games, five wins, seven draws and 21 defeats. Uh, So, you know, Not great, not great at all. His wins this season, West Ham, they'd been dreadful going into that game. Southampton, they'd lost the two previous games. Crystal Palace were on a decent run at the time. Fleetwood Town, they're a League One team. They had won two of their previous six, so a League One team not in good form. And Bournemouth, the only win he's had with Chelsea. Bournemouth, who were on the beach, having already secured their place in the Premier League for next season. Now, he has obviously gotten his seven draws, so let's have a quick gander at them uh, and see where Frank's gotten his points this season. His draw with Chelsea uh, against Nottingham Forest at home. At home to Nottingham Forest, that's the draw he managed to get with Chelsea. Um, With with the Ev, he drew against Man City, easily his best result of the season. Uh, Drew against Fulham, that was a decent result. Drew at Liverpool, a decent result. Drew at Leeds, who might get relegated. Drew at Brentford, a good result, and drew at Nottingham Forest. So City and Liverpool, and not even Liverpool because they weren't very good this year. City away, that draw is easily his best result of the season. Easily. Everything else has been an unmitigated disaster. He has been hopeless. Lost to Chelsea, lost to Villa, lost to United, lost to Tottenham, lost to Newcastle. Lost to Leicester, who couldn't beat anybody at the time. Lost to Bournemouth, who couldn't beat anybody at the time. Lost to Wolves, couldn't beat anybody at the time. Walloped by Brighton. Beaten by Southampton, who couldn't beat anybody. Lost to West Ham, couldn't beat anybody. Lost to United in the Cup. Lost to Bournemouth in the Cup. And then with Chelsea. Lost to Wolves. Lost to Brighton. Lost to Brentford lost to Arsenal, lost to City, lost to United, lost to City, uh, sorry, lost to Real Madrid in both legs in the European Cup. That is Frank Lampard's season. This guy has failed at Derby County. They were sixth when he took over. They ended up in sixth. Spent a bowl of money, put their wage bill to an unmanageable level because he promised Mel Morris he'd get them promoted. Failed there after his Uncle Harry got him the job. Then he gets the Chelsea job, the ultimate act of failing up. He fails there, takes them backwards. They'd finished third and they'd won the Europa League. Under him, they finished fourth. Gets lauded for not regressing them further. Wins nothing. Loses the FA Cup final against a weak Arsenal team. Spends a ton of money. Has Chelsea in mid-table. Gets sacked. A real manager comes in. Wins the Champions League with that group. Takes over with Everton, who were 16th. Finishes in 16th. Spends a load of money. Has them, I believe, 19th or 20th. Gets sacked. Third failure. Somehow gets the Chelsea job. And since taking over there. What Frank has done. Is an abomination. An absolute abomination. 10 games. One win. One draw. Eight defeats. A 10% win record. Which you know if you want to compare him to duncan ferguson it's not bad just to remind everybody big dunk with forest green this season 18 games one win three draws and 14 defeats for his career as a manager 23 games two wins six draws 15 defeats 8.7% win rate for the career 5.56 win rate with Forest Green. By the way, how is he still the manager there? How is it that they haven't sacked him yet? Guy thinks it might be because they're scared of him and I think that's a possibility. Uh, Big Dunk, by the way. An absolute fraud as a player as well as as a manager. Like He was not very good. Broke through at Dundee. Had two good seasons, not great seasons, good seasons. 17 and 41, 15 and 33. Good seasons, not great. Record transfer fee. He goes to Rangers. He plays 21 games over 18 months, scores five goals. And somehow, somehow, Everton decide to spend a fortune on him. So he goes to Everton. Seven goals. Sorry, eight goals in 28. Seven in 20. 11 in 36. 11 in 32. Not exactly setting the world alight. He has, of course, served a prison sentence in the midst of all this for headbutting an opponent on the pitch. In... 98-99, 98-99, he scored five goals in 17 games, and Newcastle decided to spend eight million pounds on him, which at the time was huge money. He scored two and nine in the rest of that season, ten and thirty-two the following season. He goes back to Everton for about half what Newcastle had paid. They Treat him like the returning hero. Six in 13, eight in 25, zero in eight, nine in 24, six in 37, and one in 33. This is an Everton legend. Legend, they call him. 72 goals in 273 appearances. Legend. Is it any wonder he's not a good manager? He's been told he's great when he was never much more than mediocre. He's a terrible manager. He's worse than Frank, but Frank is awful. Frank is the worst manager in the Premier League by a considerable margin. A considerable margin. He's without question one of the worst Premier League managers we've ever seen. He was poor with Chelsea. He was awful with Everton. He's been an Combination with Chelsea this time, he plays horrendous football. Like, you can see there's very little tactical work done. He's very much a go-out-there-and-express-yourself-lads type of manager. A proper football man. Doesn't have time for tactics. And all the rest of that nonsense. He is shit. (laughs) Simple as that. And Chelsea deserve him. Todd Bowley deserves Frank Lampard. And Pochettino was right to wait till the summer. Um, Ivan Tony's ban has had some more light shed on it. So, um, he was actually given a reduced ban. Originally, it was to be 11 months. And he has been diagnosed as having a gambling addiction. So, excuse me, he was originally going to get a 15 month ban. Then it was reduced to 11. And then it was reduced down to eight. So, Tony has been found guilty of not only just betting on games, but 126 bets were in respect of matches in which Tony's club at the time participated in. Of those 126, 29 were in respect of the club he was playing for at the time. Of those 26, 16 were on his own team to win 15 different matches Tony played in 11 of those games. 13 were on Tony's team to lose. Those were games he didn't play in. He never bet on his team to lose if he played, but he did bet on his team to win if he played. Of the 126 bets, 15 were placed on him to score. He's fined 50 grand and obviously banned for eight months. He is not allowed to partake in training or anything until September. Um, It's a shame for the lad, but gambling addiction is a real thing. And is it any wonder footballers get addicted to gambling? They've got loads of money and loads of spare time and they're in an industry that heavily promotes gambling. Like, How many Premier League clubs at the moment are sponsored by betting companies? Let's have a look. Um, Bournemouth, sponsored by DafaBet. Brentford, sponsored by Hollywood Bets. Everton are sponsored by a casino. Fulham are sponsored by W88. Leeds are sponsored by a, betting, a, a bookmaker. Newcastle are sponsored by an online gambling company. Southampton are sponsored by... A bookie. West Ham are sponsored by a bookie. Like that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of 20. And some of the shirt sleeves as well could be. I'm not going to go through them all, but like it's everywhere. At least one is because Wolves definitely, that's a a sports betting outlet that sponsor their shirt sleeve. So there's probably more there. Like, is it any wonder? It's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. And it's not just that, but the championship is the Sky Bet Championship. Ivan Tony spent a good bit of time playing in the Sky Bet Championship. He also played in the Sky Bet League One. It's it's It really is a double standard if we're going to allow clubs and leagues and whatever to benefit from these gambling companies and then tell players you can't bet. We shouldn't be surprised when players slip up on this. Shouldn't be surprised that happened to Trippier or Tony or Daniel Sturridge or many, many others. And I guarantee you there are dozens of other players in the Premier League who bet regularly. They might go about it a little bit smarter than Ivan Tony. They might have a mate put the bets on for them. But I guarantee you, There are other players. Like, look at someone like Michael Chopra. Wasn't it him that had the massive gambling problems? Michael Chopra. Yes, Michael Chopra lost a fortune. Ipswich had to loan him 250 grand to pay off his gambling debts. In 2011, Michael Chopper was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like eight, nine seasons into his career at that point, playing Premier League and Championship. So earning good money. And they had to loan him a quarter of a million. In 2013, he was given a 10-year ban from horse racing by the British Horse Racing Authority over suspicious betting activity. He first went into, get into rehab for gambling addiction in 2007. Like, Merson's talked about gambling problems. Many others have as well. It's a real issue. It really is a major issue. And the answer is not, well, let's just ban the players. The answer is, let's look at bigger picture things. Should we ban these betting companies from being allowed to sponsor our divisions and the front of shirts for teams? You know? Right, let's move on. Um, Anthony was stretchered off last night during the United-Chelsea game, and United are concerned that it may be a reoccurrence of the ankle injury he suffered uh, at the end of last season for Ajax. Uh, So hopefully it's nothing serious and he is back pretty soon. Uh, Before we go to... Oh, here we go, here we go. Premier League clubs ban gambling sponsors on front of shirts from twenty six twenty seven, a groundbreaking agreement under which Premier League clubs have banned match day front of shirt sponsorship deals with with gambling companies from the summer of twenty twenty six. Okay, so this was this is from April, so I missed this entirely. So thanks to Guy for finding this one. So they're going to get next season twenty three twenty four. The following season twenty four twenty five and the following season twenty five twenty six. So three more years of this, which likely just sees out the end of any existing uh agreements that current clubs have with gambling companies. But I would guess I could be wrong, I would guess that a club may be entering this summer without a sponsor can still sign a three year deal with a gambling company. And apparently it provoked mixed reactions when this came out. This is a rare good thing by the Premier League. A rare good thing. You want to ban gambling? Stop promoting it then. Simple as that. Um, Before we go to the gossip and then the break and bring in Guy, we'll have a quick gander around Europe and see what needs to be decided this weekend. So... It's the last weekend of the Bundesliga. There is a lot at stake. So Leipzig will be third no matter what. Fourth is between Union Berlin and Freiburg. Hertha Berlin are down. There's still one automatic relegation spot and one relegation playoff spot to be decided. Uh, Schalke currently sit 17th. Bochum and Stuttgart are... 16th um, and 15th. One of them is going down automatically. One of them will go into the playoff. But most importantly, at the top of the league, Dortmund are top at uh, two points clear of Bayern Munich. If Dortmund beat Mines, they win the title. That's all they need to know. If they beat Mainz, it doesn't matter what Bayern Munich do. They're at home. That is must-win 2 30 p.m. tomorrow with no Premier League games tomorrow. I would say this game is must watch because you might be witnessing the end of Bayern's dominance. What have they won? Nine, ten league titles in a row. Uh so that would be that would be a huge occasion there. Um in France this weekend, PSG will wrap up the title by taking a point. Lens will finish second, Marseille will finish third. There's still a bit of movement for the Europa and Conference League spots. The final relegation spot comes down to Nantes or Auxerre. They're moving from 20 teams to 18. Angers, Ajaccio, and Troyes all gone. Nantes and Auxerre, one of them will join them in going down. In Serie A, Napoli are champions, we know that. But a big weekend for the other Champions League spots. Lazio will be almost... Yeah, Lazio will be in. They're guaranteed. Inter get in with... Likely a draw will be enough. But a win guarantees it. It's pretty much down to Milan, Atalanta and Roma. Because I don't think Juve will do enough. Juve are five points behind Milan. Juve play Milan this weekend. But they would be hoping... That they win that game in their last game, Milan lose their f- last game as well as to Juve. They also need Atalanta to take no more than four points from their last two games. And they'd need Roma to take, well, Ro- Roma to win one and draw one would be enough for Juve. But I'm going to say it's between Ma- Milan and Atalanta because I just don't see any other any other outcome there. Um, at the bottom, it's still all to play for between Verona, Spezia, and Lecce. Two games left, three points separating them, still all to play for there. In La Liga, it's still very tight at the bottom. Valladolid, Cadiz, Hatafe, Almeria, Celta Vigo, and Valencia are all only separated by three po- by two points. Excuse me. Um, they're all battling to stay in the division with two games left. Elche are gone. Espanyol could still stay up if they were to win two and or even win one and draw one and Cadiz or Valladolid both lost both their games. They could still stay in the division. Um, So, you know, lots to play for there. Barcelona are champions. The top four is going to be the top four. Real, second. Atleti, third. Sociedad are fourth. They're five points clear of Villarreal. So a win this weekend would be enough to clinch it. Now they are playing uh, Atletico Madrid, which will be tough, but even a draw will probably be enough. Because I don't really fancy Villarreal to win both of the last two games. And finally, we'll go to Portugal, where the league will be decided this weekend. Benfica are top. Two points clear of Porto. Benfica hosts Santa Clara on uh, tomorrow. Santa Clara are bottom. So a draw will be enough. They're plus 11 better off in the goal column. Nine goals scored more as well. Uh, Porto play Vittoria, who are fifth. So they've got a tougher game, but I expect Benfica to beat Santa Clara and win the league. So, huge, huge, huge games for Benfica and Dortmund. Um, obviously, big games at the bottom of the league in, in all the leagues as well. Have oh, I missed any? Germany, Italy, Spain, France, Portugal. We've done the big, the big leagues, uh, so we can leave it at that. We'll go to the gossip. Manchester United want to sign Harry Kane, Declan Rice, and Mason Mounts this summer. Apparently Manchester United just have 250 million lying around. Well, Gary Neville did say they needed to invest, because you know that's that's one thing they haven't done in recent years, isn't it? There's been there's been no investment in Manchester United over the last few years at all. Uh so obviously they need to continue to throw good money after bad. Um Real Madrid have been offered the chance to sign Harry Kane. No, they haven't. This is some crappy radio station who claimed that Real were offered Harry Kane. Now sit down for this one. For Eden Hazard and cash. United's pursuit of Mason Mount could see Donny van de Beek leave Old Trafford. I think it was a fair certainty he was leaving anyway. Uh, Scott McTominay is drawing interest in Newcastle and West Ham. It would be a very moist thing to do to sign him. Everton have opened talks. Sorry, Everton. United have opened talks with Adrian Rabiot. Um, I could see that. I could, to be fair. Tottenham are strongly considering Celtic's Australian boss, Ange Postacoglu, for their managerial position. Yes, but is Ange Postacoglu considering Tottenham? That's the real question. Spurs have reached out to Brendan Rodgers, Graham Potter, and Luis Enrique. I don't believe that, to be honest. Uh, Enrique has emerged as a frontrunner to replace Paris Saint-Germain head coach Christophe Galtier. I wonder, does Galtier regret leaving Lille? Because he went to Nice, he didn't like it there. He left there, he went to PSG, and now his reputation's kind of in the mud, even though he's going to win his second league title in three years. Uh, Chelsea and... Liverpool are monitoring Romeo Lavia, but Manchester City are not in the running to sign the Southampton midfielder. Leicester City and England midfielder James Madison plus Arsenal Scotland defender Kieran Tierney are key targets for Newcastle. My targets were better. AC Milan have made Ruben Loftus-Cheek a priority target for this summer. Wow. How the mighty have fallen. Manchester United are keeping tabs on Tyler Adams. Don't know why he'd go there. It doesn't really fit all that well for him. Uh, Newcastle recently sent scouts to watch Dominic Zaboslai. Fulham are in talks with the representatives of William to extend his stay at Craven College for another year. Everton have approached Luis Castro as they discussed replacing Sean Dyche this summer. what is that really a thing? That Dyche could leave this summer? Now, I would say this is Duncan castles. So, chances are utter nonsense. Paris Saint-Germain have made a bid for Manuel Lugart. Uh Angel de Maria is set to leave Juventus this summer, with a number of MLS and Saudi Arabian clubs keen on a move for him. Diogo Delo is in the final stages of negotiations to sign a new long-term contract at Manchester United. PSV will not sign Jared Brantwaite in a permanent deal this summer despite being impressed during his season-long loan. I I think he's got the potential to be very, very good. Um, Newcastle and Aston Villa are among clubs heaping tabs on... Azim Abdulai, who's a 20-year-old midfielder for Swansea. Spain fullback back Ona Battle has agreed to join... Bar- oh, Ona Battle. I don't know what I was looking at. Has agreed to join Barcelona when her Manchester United contract expires this summer. I've probably butchered her surname. Uh, Brazil defender Rafael Sosa will leave Arsenal this summer after 18 months at the club. There we go. That's all the gossip. Uh, we will be back then after this break and we'll be joined by Mr. Drinkle. So we'll see you soon. Right. Welcome back. So we're joined by Mr. Drinkle. How are you, sir? It's
0: the last weekend of Premier League football, Dave. So that means it's good for Liverpool fans.
1: It is good for Liverpool fans. Let's jump straight into this. No messing around. We're not spending a whole lot of time on this last weekend because, frankly, there's only four games that actually matter this weekend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's run through to the ones that don't matter then. I mean, Arsenal, Arsenal Wolves. I mean, are Arsenal completely cooked? Are Wolves bothered? Will they turn up? Will they just give a free 0 win to Arsenal? They are the questions.
1: They are the questions. Arsenal have nothing to play for. Wolves, I mean, they could still finish above Chelsea, but I don't think it will really matter one way or another. Uh, Going into the game, Arsenal have no Martinelli, no Zinchenko, no Saliba, no Tomiyasu, no Elneny, but they're hopeful that Reece Nelson will recover from a virus. Wolves, no Sasa and no Chiquinho. Um, we'll very go. We'll very quickly go for a 2-0 Arsenal win in a game that not a whole lot will happen in.
0: Yep, I think that's fair. Uh, on to one of the games that does matter, and if you are watching telly in the UK, this one got put on Sky this morning, I think. Yes, it did. Um, uh, we have Villa against Brighton. Dave. Do you think Villa will confirm their Conference League spot? I mean, if they don't, it's still been a hell of a run under Emery, and it's something very much to take in the next season, but... Emery exists to belong to belong in Europa com- uh, competitions
1: yes yes he does and I think I think villa will will win this game I think they will grasp that spot and it'll also mean if they win this game it's also getting them over the 60 point threshold which you know there's a there's a few seasons gone by in which 65 66 points would have gotten you top four. So Emery will look at that and think we're not all that far off. Now I think they are still quite a way away from challenging for top four but if they can get into the Europa Conference League there's absolutely no reason they couldn't go and win it and if they won it, it's an automatic spot in the Europa League. We know what happens when Emery goes into the Europa League and that might be their way into the Champions League.
0: Champions League by 2026
1: yeah by yeah. by getting themselves through the Euro- european competitions um it's it's very realistic to think that unai amri with the backing he'll get at villa could get them into the european cup that way i think getting in through the league is probably unrealistic but via conference league and then europa league it is possible uh brighton have nothing to play for they're guaranteed to finish 6th the guarantee the Europa League spot. I think we'll see Brighton play quite a few young players. Uh, they have no Solly March, no Lalana, no. no just the regular team, young players. <laughs> that's well, that's yeah, they, yeah, that's fair enough. But I, I, I could even see maybe Andrew Moran getting a game. Do You know, like some of the younger lads that ha- are around the fringes of the squad. Mm-hmm. Um, no Sarmiento, no Lampy. No Sanchez. Uh, for Villa, no Coutinho, no Steer, no Moreno. Callum Chambers could be back and they're hopeful that Diego Carlos is fit enough to come off the bench at least and maybe finish his season on something of a high. Uh, we're going 3-1 to Villa.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Probably goodbye game for like Caldwell, etc. as well. Um so that could be something. Uh, moving did, on, did week. you
1: see the Levi Caldwell stuff last night?
0: I didn't actually. What happened?
1: So, Levi Caldwell was tweeting out pictures. He was hanging out with Billy Gilmore last night. And just after the Chelsea game, he put up a big a picture of the two of them with big smiles on their face. <laughs> he also gave an interview to somebody, I think from the Athletic, where he kind of seemed to forget that he was owned by Chelsea and that he wasn't like a Brighton player permanently. And it didn't really read well or come, come off that he is in any way interested in going back to Chelsea this summer. And I do wonder if that maybe opens the door for a club to sneak in and buy him. Because if he's pushing to go and we know Chelsea need to sell players, maybe there's an opening there for a club to throw 45, 50 million and see what, what comes out of it.
0: Well, there's many a team linked. I'm sure Brighton would pay up for him now because, well, they got sixty to seventy million for a left back last season of Chelsea. <laughs> um, I'm sure Liverpool would take him. I'm sure any team looking for homegrown talent would take him, and we know the premium on that. And he's he's proven he can be excellent in the Premier League. So, yeah, uh, Man City. don't You join this race, um, Brentford? Speaking of Man City, Brentford against Man City, Dave? Uh, did, yeah it'll probably just be similar to the brighton game the other day
1: yeah i guess so i mean city have nothing to play for the league is wrapped up brentford though could still make europe next season yes of course yes if if villa lose and spurs draw or even if if even if villa draw and spurs lose or draw brentford could still sneak in so There is something to play for for them. But I kind of expect a draw here. Brentford have no Tony, no Janssen, no Lewis Potter, no no Norgaard. City, no Foden, no Aki. Now, both of them could be fit. But I'm guessing they'll get held back. Because after this, City have the FA Cup final and then the European Cup final. And I'm guessing they're the games that Pep is going to be putting most attention on. So I'll go one one, but it wouldn't surprise me at all at all if Brentford did win. Because they've done well against City.
0: Yeah, I'm just checking that uh, the FA Cup final is next weekend, and I'm guessing the Champions League is the following
1: it's the weekend. The following weekend, yeah. 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 So like Pep's not gonna want to take too many risks with fitness. Mm. Or any risks really.
0: And we've already seen, I mean, he's playing the second choice goalkeeper to finish out the season and stuff like that. So he has been. Yeah. like if you it. look at
1: the team they played against Brighton, um, Ortega, he played Rodri at centre back. Um, okay. He played Rico Lewis at left back. He brought, what's the kid's name? Cole Palmer on early. Sergio Gomez got a run out. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if, Players like Shay Charles, Nico O'Reilly, Alex Robertson, Ben Knight. These younger kids he's had on the bench for a couple of recent games. If they all got, maybe not a start, but they might all get like half an hour or something.
0: Yeah, and if if it doesn't work out for Pep, he can go do his acting gig. Because people who've watched Ted Lasso this week... Pep. Pep was uh, awful at <laughs> acting, <laughs> so yeah. Hopefully, the coaching stuff worked out for Pep Guardiola because uh, he's not an actor. But no, that, no, that he's
1: cool. not definitely not. Did you did, yeah. you did you see the comment? about he said that um, he was ta- he was asked about the treble and what a unique mm. kind of achievement it would be, and he talked about United winning the treble, and he talked about them winning the European Cup final at the new at the new camp against Bayern. Mm. And he said, and I was there as a little kid. Pep was 28 when United (laughs) won the trial. (laughs) 28 years of age, he wasn't a little kid at all.
0: In the peak of his career.
1: He had (laughs) hair though, so maybe that's when he classed himself as a little kid.
0: Before and after. Oh dear. Right, moving on to another comedy show, we have Chelsea against Newcastle. I mean, Newcastle, it'll be party stations, plus trying to get one over the worst team possibly in the league. Um Whereas Chelsea, I mean, unless Pochettino turns up in the stand, I mean, it's not going to change the damage they've done because in terms of embarrassment, they've been the most embarrassing team in the league. Forget Southampton, etc., or whoever else goes down. Chelsea have been the most embarrassing team this season.
1: Without a shadow of a doubt. The most embarrassing club in Europe right now. And... You know, one win from their last ten games, it it just doesn't it doesn't fill you with any kind of confidence going into this one. Um Newcastle have a bunch of injuries, Nick Pope, Emile Kraft, Mankio, Lachelles, Richie, Jolington, Frazier, Willock, they're all out. But I still think Newcastle will win this game because Chelsea themselves have a load of injuries. Mm. Um Chelsea's is even longer. Nobody is late, no Baddy Sheila no Brogia, no Sterling, no Reese James, no Angolo Kante, no Mason Mount, no Mark Kukarea, no Ben Chilwell, no Kovacic, and no Bettinelli I am going to say Newcastle go there and win 2 1 because how could you have any faith in in this Chelsea team? How like I they're, they're so so bad. Mm. we'll we'll say 2-1 to the turn. And the thing
0: is, they'll be saying goodbye to N'Golo Kante, who's probably one of the biggest modern-day Chelsea legends. As yeah. is probably going as well, so that's... There's there, a few there, think. isn't there? Like, Mounts, and, they won't do out with Mount as a transfer, but
1: there's a there's few. There's been there. some talk about um, Kovacic potentially leaving yeah. this summer. Now, I know they're still trying to re-sign Kante. But, I mean, the guy played nine games this season, 685 minutes. And all nine of them were against Liverpool. Yeah, yeah well, it, amazingly <laughs> so. They All of them came against Liverpool, and he was man of the match in every single one of them. Um, like, last season, Kante played 42 games, but he only played 26 in the Premier League. The season before... He played 48, but only 30 in the Premier League. The season before that, 22 games in the Premier League, 28 in all competitions. And the season before that, 36. So, you know, four seasons in a row where he's missing at least eight Premier League games, two of which he's missed significant time, Mm. in the league, like 16 or more games. It, it does make you wonder, is it is it a clever move to give him a new deal? He's 32. His entire game is based around his mobility, his ability to cover ground, to win ball, to get Chelsea moving up the pitch with his ball carrying. Mm-hmm. If that mobility goes, I just don't think he's a good enough player to warrant keeping around. And he,
0: I'm sure I read he likes living in London, so if he does leave, I mean, he, is he someone Fulham could pick? It does sound like a Fulham thing to do. It
1: does, doesn't it? Like, go to Fulham. And, like, Fulham would would be happy enough if they got half a season out of him. Yeah. Do you know?
0: Because you have Reid, you'll have...
1: You might still have Paulinia. You've got the uh,
0: that Serbian lad who Serbian
1: on. lad they signed in January. Ooh, his name uh-huh. is escaping and of us. <laughs> Yeah, so, totally you know, like so they could yeah, just yeah. put him into their midfield rotation. And if he's happy in London, then great. Like they'd all be thrilled, you know. And it's not just them; like Palace would probably take him, West Ham would probably take him, West and Ham they would need midfielders. <laughs> West Ham will need midfielders you know, like Brentford might even decide, well, look, if we can get 25 games out of him across all competitions, we're thrilled. So, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he leaves in a free and does decide to stay. I, I think that the time for him to go to Real or PSG or any of them is long past. And as you said, he's known to really like living in London. He, he likes PSG the lifestyle he's the he has.
0: only one because they did this whole big spiel. We'll buy French lads, okay? He's to. Yeah, enjoy ten
1: years. (laughs) Well by young French lads. Here's Kante, it's half right. Um yeah, I I wouldn't re-resign him. I I know he's a club legend and he has been phenomenal for them. He's been phenomenal since the minute he set foot in England. Yeah. And my still my favourite Angolo Kante story is he turned up for training at Leicester on his first day walking. Hmm. and they were getting changed or whatever after training, and someone said to him, where's your car parked? He said, oh, I don't have a car. I don't drive. Oh, you'll need a car to get around Leicester. And he said, no, no, I just run everywhere. (laughs) And that's literally what he does. He just runs everywhere. Maybe that's why he likes London. That's
0: probably why he's injured.
1: (laughs) Probably is yeah. All that extra miles get just <laughs> going to Tesco. Imagine him making six runs to and from Tesco just with his shopping, like nah, two he's got bags own, at a time. He definitely got
0: his own trolley. just yeah, the
1: probably moment. probably hmm. has, the, has his own trolley. It's good for weightlifting as well. Then yeah, fill it up and use it like a sled. Exactly. I went down the path. Be fine. Right. What have we got next?
0: Uh, I'm on the wrong bit. Apparently, Aspilquera is not expiring this this season. They they not well-run either. Anyway. I'd be
1: surprised that he's still there, though. Because no. he wanted to go two summers ago. He wanted to go last summer. I'd be shocked if he's still there next year.
0: Very true. Uh, next up, we have Palace against Forest. Uh, yeah, cool.
1: Palace yeah, to I mean, this...
0: Chelsea, that's about it.
1: Yeah, that's literally the only thing riding in this game because Forest are safe, so they don't care. Uh, like I said, I think they'll probably all be drunk going into this one. Uh, Nathan Ferguson's out, Zaha's out, Schlupp is out, Gaeta's back, Tompkins is out, and Milivojevic is out. Uh, Forrest, Forrest haven't had less than 10 players on the injury report since at least November.
0: They do own 70 players, to be fair.
1: That is that is a very good point. But Bianconi, Henderson Wood, Nico Williams, Omar Richards, Scott McKenna. Jack Callback and John Joe Shelby are all out. Jesse Lingard is a major doubt, and given he's leaving, probably won't play. Scarpa's a doubt. Daniel is a doubt, and Kaylor Navas is a doubt. Now, I'd imagine if there was something on the game, those three would probably go through and play. Yeah. But given there's not, there's no point in playing them. Might as well just give some minutes to the players that have been on the fringes. Um Hopefully Palace can get a win. I'm gonna go for a Palace win. I'll go 2 0.
0: Just a couple questions. I mean on Forest, I mean there's obviously a few lordies there. Do you would do you keep Kalor Navas and stuff like that? Or would you just try and maybe go for Dean Henderson or someone else, No,
1: do you know i keep Kalor Navas. Yeah. But I think I think he'd be cheaper. He's been better than Dean Henderson this season. I know he's older. Like Kalor Navas is thirty six now. Be 37 in December. But if you could get him for two years, I don't imagine PSG would ask for a massive sum for him. I, I just don't think they'd want huge money. Um, he's got a year left at PSG. Maybe they'd be willing to let him go for nothing. Yeah, just because he's not going to play there. No. And I think he's kind of he's got the respect of the club, so they might just let him go for nothing. I'd keep him I'd let Dean Henderson go. I think I'd keep Brennan Lodi. I wouldn't keep Chris Wood. I just don't know what Chris I think Wood they
0: have an obligation you. if they stay up I think
1: is it that's what I don't know. Is it if they stay up or is it if he plays a certain amount of games or i I genuinely don't know. Let's have a look. Right, this is from the Northern Echo. When the deal was done, um, not Newcastle have agreed terms on a loan with Nottingham Forest for Chris Wood, with the Premier League rivals hoping to complete formalities. Yada yada, uh, the New Zealand New Zealander. Will join on a loan basis, but the deal will become permanent in the summer, provided a number of pre-agreed conditions right, okay. are met. So, staying does he? No, he hasn't. He's been injured for most of the time he's been. There. I think he played like five games, maybe. Uh, Chris Wood, Chris if Wood.
0: Everton get relegated, he can move it to Everton. There's nothing we can do about that. Absolutely, <laughs> a Sean Dyche
1: number nine, isn't he? Uh, seven games he played. I'm I'm hopeful for Forrest's sake that's not a permanent deal now. So I just don't know what you do with him because a 1-E has to be your 9. yeah. And he has really kicked on over the last couple of months. And he scored big goals to keep them up. And I think next season we'll see more from him. So, I mean, if you want him as a backup, then fine. But I would imagine he's on... A considerable amount of money. I wouldn't imagine he's there on a cheap deal. No, because he went to Newcastle on big money.
0: No, that's the thing, isn't it? I think with, what was it, twenty mil, and he jumped immediately with that re- mm. that release clause thing. So they must have been offering a big wedge because he must have been Burnley's top earner. You'd think.
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. When he was there at Burnley, he was he was had to be their top earner and they he was a club record buy for burnley when they got him as well. Mm. Yeah, I I would hope that I'd like to see Chris Wood go and have, you know, and do well somewhere because I do think he's decent like he was good for burnley. Double oh, yeah. figures four straight seasons in the Premier League um before his last season there.
0: If you're a team looking to get promoted, I think he's your perfect striker and you saw yeah. Ashley Ashley Barnes was really good for burnley this season yeah. is not he?
1: Exactly. Like, if you're even... Like, let's say you're Leeds. And you you need a striker. Like, you do need a striker because Bamford's always injured. He's been at Leeds before. He was unbelievable in the championship his last season at Leeds. 27 goals in 44 games. So, if you're Leeds, why wouldn't you look to bring him back in? You know, You you could actually build your team around him. You've got a load of good young wingers... And all you tell them to do is get the ball and cross it into that fella. Yeah. And then whoever's not crossing it, get in from the other side and get close to him in case the ball drops. If I'm a championship club, I'm absolutely looking at Chris Wood this summer. Mm -hmm. One with ambition of coming up, I'm absolutely looking. If I'm Borough, I might look at him.
0: Probably, well, no. Cameron Archer's going back.
1: So that's the thing. Cameron Archer's probably going back. I think it
0: depends if ACPOM goes, I assume.
1: True, yeah, because that would be a bit of a weird fit.
0: But he plays I, he plays off people, so it could work with Quishwood. But Archer provided running runs him behind more so than
1: that kind play. of hold up yeah. play.
0: Akpom did that.
1: Akpom is good. I'm not
0: way. sure what his contract situation is, but I wouldn't surprise me if someone bid because I'm sure there's only a year or so left on Akpom's deal. Uh, well, he he's. Like, let's see. He sounds like a Crystal Palace play already.
1: He does, to be fair. Even for one of the newly promoted teams, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see them make a move for him. He has a year left on his loan. Or a year left on his contract, rather. Yeah, he has a year left on his contract. What a turnaround for him as well. Mm. He's bombed out on loan last season, comes back this year, and 28 goals like that's a hell of a hell of a return 29 yeah. in all competitions
0: oh yeah very good player um only thing with crystal palace could be Zaha's last game and he is their well he's their imagery of the premier league really
1: yeah he's the best he's the best player crystal palace have ever had he just is he's the best player that club has ever had i wish he would stay cuz i'd love to see how that could continue to grow with Jakure and Elise and Eze and Guéhi and Anderson. but I do think it looks like he's on his way. Um, I hope he gets a good move. Yeah, Not like
0: Galatasaray, also like Marseille. Yeah, that Marseille. Makes
1: yeah. That makes sense. You could see him. You could see him at Marseille. I think he'd fit well into how they play. I think he'd fit well with. Their fans as well. I think they'd love him. They they love a player like him. Like Dimitri Payet is held up as a god because he's that kind of maverick player. Mm. Wilf is is that kind of player as well. The two of them together, assuming Payet sticks around another year, the two of them together could be quite fun.
0: Don't go to La Liga because if Vinny Junior is getting racially oh, abused, yeah, uh, imagine uh, Jesus for yes. a, for a whinging at the ref. Good lord. Sorry, I say ringing to the ref. I mean, for being black, but you know. Um, anyway, we will not get into that. Uh, On to the three games then that matter then, Dave. Um, Everton-Bournemouth. Apparently, Bournemouth have a really good record against Everton, which I didn't know about. I think they won the last three. I was listening to a podcast earlier that said that. Mm. And Everton have many an injury issue. I think it came out in the press of that. Calvert-Lewin's injured. Both full-backs are doubtful um, as well. So, we've seen the importance of Calvert-Lewin, even in this last, not even 10 year five-game run when he's been fit. Um, and Bournemouth not loads to play for, but they won't want to end the season on, I'm sure they're in a bad run of form, three losses in a row. Yeah, so but it'll I mean. be
1: four, wouldn't it, yeah. if they lose this one. Mm-hmm. Everton have three players at the club that can play right back. Seamus Coleman, Nathan Patterson, and Ben Godfrey. All of them are out. Michael Enko is a major doubt for this one as well. Ruben Vanagra is ruled out. So that's all the fullbacks at the club.
0: Wasn't Holgate playing left-back already?
1: Holgate is probably going to have... To, I think they're, <laughs> they're going to have to hope that Michael Enko is fit enough to play and then Holgate plays right-back. I think that's going to have to be the hope for them. Uh, no Calvert-Lewin, no Andros Townsend, Tom Davies major doubt. Connor Cody is back, though. Maybe they stick him at right back. Um, I, I just, I just don't know. I, I don't know what you do if you're Sean Dyche with that group at the moment. Uh, Bournemouth, no Semenyo, no Rothwell, no Hamad Traore, no T- Tavernier. Uh, Philip Billing is back, though. Uh, no Fredericks, no Stanislas. They've played twice this season. And Bournemouth spanked their arses both times. Now, they were managed by Frank Lampard, so you you can kind of give them a pass. But they beat them 4-1 in the League Cup and then followed that up by beating them 3-0 in the League. Bear in mind that in that run of games, Bournemouth lost four before those back-to-back games against Everton and then lost the next four after them as well. Sorry, lost the next five after them as well. So of eleven games, excuse me, of twelve games, they lost ten and beat Everton twice. They lost ten <laughs> and beat Everton twice. That's um, magnificent. You know when um, their turnaround started, to be fair, pretty much. Well, it was oh. after that after that second run of of defeats. Uh, it's when they started to turn things around. So, the last time Bournemouth were in the Premier League was 1920. Yes. And let's see how they did that season against our dearly beloved Everton. Uh, they beat them on the final day of the season when they'd already been relegated, they beat them 3 1 and they've actually won the last four in a row, including that cup game, and they beat them 3-1 in the league game at home that season. Bournemouth won nine games that year, and two of them were against Everton. (laughs) Um, The previous season, they drew 2-2 down at Dean Court or the Vitality Stadium, whichever you prefer. And Everton did win the game at Goodison that year, 2 0. Uh Kurt Zuma and a late Dominic Calvert Lewin goal. That was the thirteenth of January 2019, was the last time Everton beat Bournemouth.
0: And I just forgot because, they had
1: Kurt Zuma. Just because I'm pedantic. The season before that, uh Bournemouth beat them. In Bournemouth, Everton won at Everton. So that's two wins from the last eight against Bournemouth for Everton. Uh, We'll keep going because why not? Uh, Let's see. Um, Two wins from nine for Everton. Seven wins from nine for Bournemouth. And where is game number 10? Everton Everton beat them 6-3. Lukaku scored four. Uh, That was in February 2016. So three wins from 10 for the Ev. That doesn't count. That's when Everton was somewhat good. That's literally when they were relevant. Um, Where do we have Everton this season? That's a 3-3 draw down at the Vitality. That's the only draw we have in 11 games. And Everton won there. So the last 12 games, Everton have won four. There's been one draw and Bournemouth have won the rest. That's 14 games, maybe. 14 games, I think. Um, But either way, Bournemouth have won the last four. Now, that might just tell you that Everton are due a win, but the hope here, the hope guy, is that Bournemouth win this game because that then makes it exciting with the other two teams who are in this mess as well. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 Bournemouth win. They score, Everton panic. They have to commit bodies forward because Everton have to win, really. A draw doesn't do them any good if Leicester win. A draw would probably be enough with a Leeds win because Leeds are three goals worse off and I don't see Leeds beating Spurs by three clear goals. Um. But if Leicester win, Everton need a win to stay up. So we're going to go for. we go for a draw or a win?
0: I think we're due a draw, aren't we?
1: We're due a draw. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go 2 2. Yeah. We'll go 2 2. There's Bournemouth a... get 2 0 up. Everton fight back 2 all. All hands to the pump. Long balls. Lovely agricultural Sean Dyche football. Pickford comes up for a corner kick and I'll let people finish it out from there as to what happens but I'm going to say we go 2-2. He gets nowhere near it and here you it's, mean it goes. <laughs> it's nowhere near it. Neto <laughs> catches it, launches it down the other end of the pitch and it just bounces 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 into the back of the Everton net as the final whistle blows and Everton lose 3-2. Uh, that would be beautiful. But we'll go 2-2. <laughs> Because we no. want we want some excitement. We Everton do. winning is not fun.
0: Yes, yes. If Everton go like 3-0 up, in, well, probably won't happen, but if they're 3-0 up by time, I think nobody will be watching football by the time. Exactly. There's nothing riding on anything else. Now, moving on to... Uh, let's move to the Leicester game, because that's probably the more relevant in that situation you've mentioned there as a draw. Uh, we'll come back to the league draw. Leicester against West Ham. West Ham obviously have a... Uh, European Cup final in a random midweek when I have no idea when it is, because Conference League is a midweek final for some reason. Um, Leicester lucky escape against Newcastle, seen as Newcastle missed three or four open goals, <laughs> to my memory, or at least very big chances. Um... But it feels like if they try that approach against West Ham, it's not going to get them anywhere because West Ham probably won't attack as much as Newcastle. Mm. So they may have to rely more on Madison, you know, Barnes and whoever the hell is going to play up front.
1: Yeah, Leicester, Leicester have to go and win this game. That's they. They There's no other option. They have to win. Anything else isn't good enough. A draw won't be enough. They've got to go and win. They've got no Ndidi, no Justin. There's a doubt over Johnny Evans, a doubt over Sean Chu, a major doubt over Dewsbury Hall, a doubt over Ricardo Pereira, Ryan Bertrand, Danny Ward, and Yannick Vestergaard are all out. Um, they have to win. Now, West Ham, like you said, have this cup final, and they've got Skamaka, injured, and doubts over Flynn Downs, who's got the common cold, and Neaf Agard, who should be okay after a dead leg. Normally, I would say, well, West Ham should just rest. There's no, there's nothing on this game for them. They're safe. They've hit the 40-point mark. They're fine. And then I think David Moyes won't want Everton to go down. David mm. Moyes still loves Everton. So could he play his full team here? Now, even if he does, they're not very good. Like, they're just not very good. Mm. So they could still lose. And they could risk a couple of injuries to key players who might then miss their cup final.
0: It's uh, Wednesday the 7th, just for... Wednesday
1: the 7th. Yeah, in between the FA Cup final and the European Cup final. What dates the Europa League final? Is it the same day?
0: I think it's a... Let's have a look. Uh, Europe, no. On Google.
1: It is. No, Europa League final is the 31st of May. So the Europa League final is next Wednesday.
0: Oh, joy of joys. Oh, well, that's at least that's a nice one to to have. I know there's only two days on a weekend, but Wednesday European uh, Cup finals is a bit. But they used
1: to always be. Did they, they used to always be midweek? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wednesday Wednesday was the night for European Cup finals back in the day. Oh. Um, Fair enough. I think I think Leicester will win this game. I think Barnes and Madison are enough to win them this game. They're really poor defensively. But Barnes and Madison allow them to play a defensive setup, have those two and and Vardy. It has to be Vardy. It has to be Vardy for this game because no one will care more than Jamie Vardy. I think if they play a defensive setup and those those three up front, I think Leicester win this game two one.
0: Ooh. I'll be very dramatic. Um yeah, if that if it's just the defenses and it I think we if if it's Soutar and Face, I just don't care who's playing for West Ham, they'll score enough goals there. I'm scared. I'd be worried if I was Leicester with all those injury news. Well let's move on to Leeds against Spurs. Now Leeds will score in this game. But Spurs have Harry Kane do.
1: Yeah, and Harry Kane will score in this game as well because Leeds can't defend to save their lives. Uh, Spurs, no Eric Dyer, no Cessignon, no Lloris, no Romero, no Heusberg, well, Heusberg's a doubt, and no Benton Coeur. Uh Leeds, no Dallas, no Sinistera, no Tyler Adams, which has just been massive. Uh More bad news that Junior Firpo's back. <laughs> um, he they can't start him I don't care you can't start him Uh Bamford and Rodrigo are the concerns they're both doubts for this game if they don't play I, I do struggle to see where goals come from for Leeds
0: well remember they spent £30 million on a forward in a relegation Jor- side in the Bundesliga Jorginho Reuter, yeah <laughs> and
1: then well, they've used him wrong since they bought him and not used a him a lot of times decision. um I want Leeds to win this game. I don't trust Spurs either way, because you just don't know what you're going to get from them. Like last weekend, they go 1-0 up against Brentford, should go 2 or 3 up, and then end up getting spanked. They've lost 3 of their last 4, but you just don't know. You just don't know what Spurs will turn up. I want Leeds to win this game because I want them to give themselves a fighting chance of staying up. Leeds need Everton to lose, and they need Leicester to draw or lose, and they need to win. That's the That's the connotation of results they need. I don't think they get the win. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go two one Spurs.
0: Yeah, it really wouldn't surprise me if all three teams either lose or win. It just seems that...
1: Yeah, sort of I mean, that's the season. thing. If they all lost, it would probably just sum up this season. Yeah. Do you know? Or if, let's say, Everton lose, Leeds lose, but Leicester draw. Yeah. Or, you know, Leicester, Leicester draw and Leeds only draw. If It wouldn't surprise me if Everton lost and still stayed up. It wouldn't surprise me at all if that's what happened
0: it would be the end to this dreadful season. Um so what you got you're going with Leicester staying up then.
1: I'm going to go with Leicester staying up. I I I had thought it would be Leeds. I don't I would I would prefer Leeds to stay up if I could pick one to stay yeah, up fair. I'd probably prefer Leeds. What I will say is of the three of them Leeds are in the best position if they go down, because they've got a, an absolute ton of really good young players that they could build a side around next season. Like you look at that Leeds squad, and there is the bones there of something pretty decent for next season. Now, you don't see many pushing to leave, do you? Maybe no,
0: Tyler Adams, but he
1: like he's not going to get
0: kicked out the American national team,
1: is he? No, that's the thing. I think you could convince him to stay. For me, right, I would sell Mellier to the first person that would give me 20 million. Just get rid of him, because he's not mm-hmm. very good. You go and you buy a goalkeeper. You keep Robles, you keep Classen. that's your goalkeeping group, so that's fine. In defence, you've got Rasmus Christensen, I think he'd stay and do another year with you in the Championship. You big bring back Cody Drama from the loan at Luton, there's your right-backs. You've got Pascal Struik, who would be my left back, I would sell Firpo. So you might want to buy a left back, like a backup left back. Maybe you've got a young one that you can use there. I, I don't know. There's could a you few not other.
0: use Struik as a centre-back and see if
1: that's his actual position? You could, but I, I like him at left back. Right, the thing. Okay. Um, in the middle, I think Max Vober will stay because you only bought him in January. He had to know the risks. So I think he stays. I think Robin Cock will stay. Um, I think you could potentially just bring Loriente back off his loan if if, if uh, Roma don't pick up the option to buy. And he hasn't been playing regularly for Roma, so maybe you can keep him. And you've got young Leo Kiel, So you've got a good group of centre-backs. If you have to sell Lorente or Cock, you'll have the money to just replace them. Um, I'd be letting Luke Ayling go. I'd be letting Liam Cooper go, because I just don't think they're good enough. In midfield, you've got. I think Aronson, you could convince to to stay. Mark Rocker will go. Somerville, you can keep. Harrison will go. I think you can keep Adams. Darko Gabi can play a big role next season. Dan James is good enough for the championship, so you keep him as a winger if you wanted to. But otherwise, you could get maybe you get ten or twelve million from Uh, Luis Inestery. You keep. Alfie McCalman you keep, Charlie Allen you keep, Archie Gray you keep. Um, I'm assuming you don't keep Weston McKenny unless he's willing to come on loan again. I don't know if Juve'd do that. There was rumours Brighton are buying him. I saw that. That that would yeah. be a strange one.
0: Yeah.
1: And then in attack, the you've got Sonny Perkins as a talented young player. I'd let Rodrigo go. I'd keep Jorginho Reuter. i keep Wilfred Nanto. I keep Joe Gellhart. I keep Sam Greenwood, I keep Patrick Bamford, and I keep Matteo Joseph. Like I don't think they need to buy a whole ton. Back up left back, one in central midfield, maybe two for depth. That's and a goalkeeper. That's probably it.
0: It's just the, I think if they had a number nine, they would just. I know the defence has got awful, but if I think I, they'd they stay had, up as well. If they had Bamford from two years ago or Yeah, or oh they definitely
1: stay up. Definitely. Because if you look at some of their results, right? Start of the season, they play Southampton. They go 2-0 up. They have a bunch of chances and they miss them. That could be two more points. That game ended 2-2. That could have been two more points. They got a 1-0 defeat away to Brighton. Now, that's a fair enough result. But maybe if you've got a striker, you score a goal. They draw 1-1 at home with Everton. Again, maybe that's two more points there. They draw... 0-0 0-0 at home with Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa, despite playing most of the game or well, half the game with 10 men, maybe you get a goal there. Maybe that's two more points. That six points will keep you up. You'd be safe going into the final day of the season. So, you know, a, a striker definitely could have made a difference. There's, you know, the, the 2-2 at home with West Ham, the 0-0 at home with Brentford, the 1-0 defeat away to Forrest, if they had a striker who got them 12, 13 thirteen goals—not even a huge amount—twelve or thirteen goals, even eight. <laughs> yeah, do you know they could have stayed up. They could have stayed up. But I unfortunately, Rodrigo's
0: their top scorer,
1: and he, yeah fifteen yeah. in the league—and he's not a striker. You know, and for all the goals he scored, he missed twice as many chances. Um, a, a striker would have made the difference to them. A, I I said this last summer and the summer before, they had to buy a backup for Bamford and they didn't. They tried to rely on Joe Gellhart and Sam Greenwood, kids. Kids that weren't ready. And that and the failure to buy centre-backs who could A, stay fit and B, you know, defend consistently is what took them down ultimately.
0: Mm. And what... Well, I don't think the issue is sacking um, thingy. I forgot, Jesse, Marsh. Jesse Marsh. Marsh, God, I forgot his name. It? It's the fact you waited. So I, I remember it being long. It might just be the fact that time has moved so slowly this Premier League season. Um, but then to get Javi Gracia,
1: really? Yeah, so they appoint, they sack Marsh on the 6th of February and spend two full weeks looking for a manager and end up with Javi Gracia. Michael Scubala. Was the mm-hmm. caretaker for 15 days. 15 days. That's just not acceptable. In that time, Leeds played three league matches. One of them was against Everton away, a must win game. I, I just don't understand it at all.
0: The then you bring match in... And then go for um, the Fayenard manager who's, who's fighting for the top of the league. Was Arnie Slot, re- yeah. yeah. Really? And the other
1: guy they went for was uh, a Spanish manager. Alan. Alan.
0: Is it Alan? Probably not Alan in
1: Spanish. Is he the validated manager? I think that's exactly who he is. Let's have a look here. Uh Ariola.
0: Ring the bell.
1: Yes, andoni Ariola. Not Alan then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call him and Alan. If that, that's exactly who it was. He was it was him and Arnie Slot were the two they wanted. And Rafa Benitez n- exists for this. <laughs> that's exactly it. Like, but you could have brought in Sam then. Yeah, you don't bring him in with four games to go. Like, he wasn't going to leave Cano at that point. He wanted to keep them in the charge for Europe. They were pushing for a, a Conference League spot. And he wanted to see that out. Now, maybe this summer he'll leave, but he's not going to join a championship club. Foolish. Absolutely foolish. Right, let's move on.
0: Yeah, so you've got Leicester staying up. I assume Everton will just
1: stay up. Um, I I assume Everton will as well, but I'd like it to be some fun, at least, on the last day.
0: Uh, Might as well do these together. Man United, Fulham, Southampton, Liverpool. I'm guessing both will play... Very much changed team. Man United might actually roll out Harry Maguire, yeah. but uh, <laughs> uh, Southampton. Do, who cares? I mean, the only interesting thing there is Liverpool are linked with some of their players, but I think Bella Katschup's injured, and
1: yeah, yeah, probably
0: so use it as a big thing to say goodbye to
1: James Ward-Prowse, I presume. More than likely, they'll make a big show of the fact that he was shit for ten years. Um, Andreas Pereira, Tim Ream, Daniel James and Korzawa all out for Fulham. United have no Martinez, no Van de Beek, no Sabitzer, no Greenwood, no Anthony, no Luke Shaw and no Phil Jones. I'm going to predict a 2-1 Fulham win because it doesn't matter. So I think Fulham will go there and win. Uh, Southampton, no Perot, no Bella Kochup. Che Adams is a doubt. Salisu, they're still pretending he's injured. And Juan Larius is out. Liverpool, no Alcantara, no Nabi Keita, no Ramsey, no Basetic, uh, no Oxley chamberlain I assume. Kanate should be okay. Robertson is a doubt. Uh, and Darwin is back. I'm going to say Liverpool win 3-1.
0: And that is the last game, and that's probably the last time you hear me, unless Dave needs a second voice for something till August.
1: <laughs> oh, don't you think you're having three months <laughs> off? Don't even think about it. I'm going to drag list- you.
0: In. I'll still listen to you for three months, just so I don't get to jump in.
1: Yeah, I don't think we're not going to drag you into something for the next few months. Um, yeah, that will do us for today, folks. Thank you, as always, for listening. And we will be back on Monday to discuss which of Leicester, Everton and Leeds have stayed up and what the other clubs should do now that they've been relegated and what that club that stays up should do and what all the other clubs that stay up should do. And we've got a whole long summer stretching out in front, which means months of me rambling about transfer ideas that pop into my head. So there you go. Take care of yourselves. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. slash careers.